Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Yes, it's Superman. And today, as Clark Kent, he meets an old acquaintance. As we continue now, Kent is pacing nervously before the entrance to the River of Horrors concession as a tall, masked figure wearing a bright blue hood and cape approaches. Listen. Hello, and welcome to another exciting episode of FW Presents, the anthology show for the Fire and Water Podcast Network. And this is another installment of our ongoing series across the network, various different hosts, the Find Your Joy shows, where one of us, one or many members of the Fire and Water Podcast Network, talk about a particular movie or comic book or album or some piece of entertainment that they really love, that they find their joy in. And in this case, I'm here to talk about World's Finest Comics number 269, now, not the whole story, just the first story, the Superman-Batman story called Buried Alive. But I'm not alone. In the coffin with me is my pal Ryan Daly. Hi, Ryan. Hey, Rob. Thanks for having me on this one. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for, for joining me. Uh, we have to talk fast because the air is running out. Uh, <laughs> this is, Like I said, this was when World's Finest uh, was a dollar comic, and it featured a bunch of stories. And on, on, Aside from um, Superman and Batman, it had a Shazam feature, a Green Arrow, Hawkman, and Red Tornado, everybody's favorite. But, uh, <laughs> but like I said, I'm not here to talk about the entire comic. I'm really just here to talk about the main story, Buried Alive, by Jerry Conway. Everybody loves Jerry Conway. And drawn by Rich Buckler and Frank McLaughlin. Uh, it was cover dated July 1981. Before we get to the story itself, I want to talk about the cover for a minute. Because this cover features Superman flying in and Robin is asking him, did you find the Batman? And Superman says, I've looked everywhere, Robin, but he's vanished from the face of the earth. And we see that Batman is in a coffin under the ground right below Superman's feet. Now, this cover features all of the world's finest heroes, even though they do not appear in the story. When you were a kid, Ryan, did that stuff annoy you? Did covers that weren't representative of the story, but did you feel like a cheat or did that not bother you? I don't think that ever bothered me. But again, you got to kind of understand, like, when I was a kid, like in my formative reading years, it was a different era from this. Sure. It was it was like late eighties, early nineties. Most of the covers, like that was when they started becoming poster shots. Right. And the covers were much more like a showcase of like characters or teams or something and not really representative of the story inside that much. So, like, no, like, this type of cover wouldn't – in fact, I actually think this cover is, is pretty cool, and I like the way that it finds a way of showing all of the characters who are in the book, even though they're not in this particular story. Yeah, I always wonder, like, because obviously the covers are, are done much longer after the story itself, and I mean, Rich Buckler knew that these, her- these heroes are not in there, so he must have just – they were probably just like, you know what, get them all in. That way everybody's reminded who's in this book. But it mm-hmm. doesn't really matter, and it doesn't bother me. Like, it's an exciting cover. I love the colors of it. It's cool seeing all these characters together because it's essentially the, it's the Justice League with Shazam and Robin. Um, but still, it's really, really cool. And yeah, you're like, I like the the angle of it that we see Batman pounding for his life as uh, <laughs> Superman is landing. So it's just a really, really great cover. So anyway, the story is, like I said, it's called Buried Alive. And uh, Batman wakes up to find himself buried alive. Back in Gotham City, Superman is not happy that Batman has missed a meeting. And Commissioner Gordon explains that for the first time, he couldn't contact Batman. Robin arrives and confirms that he has checked everywhere to no avail. Gordon gets a phone call from the Metropolis Police Department, and he is told that someone on top of Metropolis Bridge is claiming to have kidnapped Batman, demanding a ransom of $10 million from the two cities, and Batman would die in less than 12 hours if they don't pay. 
Superman grabs Robin and flies him to the bridge. The kidnapper, a man named Wiley, tells Superman that if he doesn't back off, he will blow himself up. He explains that the superheroes forget about the small timers and that he captured Batman by eavesdropping on police radio and blowing out the wheel in the Batmobile. In the middle of his rant, Robin, who has been quietly climbing up the side of the bridge, tries to knock the detonator out of Wiley's hand, but only succeeds in pulling him off the bridge. Wiley blows himself up, catching Robin in the blast, and Superman immediately flies the wounded boy Wonder to the hospital. When Robin comes out of surgery, Morgan Edge arrives and accuses Commissioner Gordon of being part of a fiasco. Gordon flares up. Superman tells them both to back down and Gordon to stay with Robin. Jimmy Olsen plays Superman a recording of Wiley's ranting after he... After he tells how he'd already scanned the city with his X-ray vision, Superman picks up a comment about how Batman wouldn't be lonely where he is buried and heads off to a cemetery. He finds a recently buried lead-lined coffin and digs it up, only to find that Batman has already escaped. When Robin wakes up, Batman explains how he used his advanced yoga techniques to turn himself around in the coffin, removed his end plate, then dug his way out and waited for his captor, except Superman arrived instead. Robin says that Batman really is the world's greatest escape artist to a loud amen from Superman. So, okay, everybody. I mean, so this, is, this is my Find Your Joy episode. You know how I feel about this story. Ryan, what did you think of this one? It's all right. <laughs> all right, let's play no. the end music. Let's get out of here. This is a very short episode. Thanks, everybody. Come to the website, fireandwaterpodcast.com. No, this was a lot of fun, and I'm glad that you invited me to this one. Um, I forgot about this one because, uh, I, I, yeah, I read it years ago. But this is this is so much fun, and I love just like the opening splash page with mm-hmm. it's so dark. It's just like black with like these two little inset panels, close a close up of Batman, and then like the shot of him in the coffin, and like that's kind of like one of my dreads of like being like buried alive oh, or something like this. Or, like yeah. into the, it's it, like that, that sort of like claustrophobia and that feeling. Um, but it also resonates because I, like I've seen two really good, like either movies or TV shows that played up in one was um, the movie kill bill volume two. Sure, um, sure. Uma Thurman is trapped in there and she has to like punch her way out, which is done wonderfully. Um, also, and I'm surprised I even remember this, but um, there was an episode of the show CSI um, where one of the characters was like uh, one of the detectives was kidnapped and like buried alive and like wasn't in that a cemetery. one directed by Quentin Tarantino too? That might have been that one. I remember it being kind of like a big deal episode. I think that yeah, I think that's one the one yeah, that one was the, the guys, one episode directed by Tarantino. Yeah, and he was buried alive and like in a cemetery and everything, and like the other detectives have to piece together and find him before he runs out of oxygen. But then like like they even up the stakes by there's a pressure sensitive bomb underneath the coffin. <laughs> so if they rescue him, the bomb will go off and kill him anyway or something like that. I don't so remember. Little... Do we see women's feet in that episode? I think that would be the home <laughs> we know if we directed it. <laughs> uh, oh, they're probably like dead women, but yeah. <laughs> but anyway, going back to that, I love the setup for this one. I love that we start off Batman has already been captured by this nobody who just got lucky and takes out the bat and but right from the beginning like we start with Batman and he's like okay I see my situation he's like alright I'm good and he just has this thing of confidence and then for the rest of the story Batman's not here it's like a Superman and, and Robin team up mm-hmm. um, and it's just really fun like there are like moments in this like when when you, like Superman is like where well, where is he and he's like he's getting in Gordon's face and Gordon's like blast it man he's my friend the best friend a man could ever have it's like Boy, this was a different era of comics when, like, like now you kind of like think like, would Gordon would they have that type of friendship if he doesn't even know who he is like under the mask and everything? Mm-hmm. But it's just kind of like the the way it was. Like the one the one kind of question the one sort of hang up I had was, I did feel like 
I wasn't quite sure what Robin was trying to do with the battering when he's climbing up the bridge. And I, I think you're right. Like he's trying to knock the detonator out of his hand, but I wasn't sure. I was like, is he trying to like slice the cord or something like that? Or is he trying to tie him up? And then, and then the fact that the guy falls and blows himself up, I was like, did Robin kind of get this guy killed by, by screwing up? Like, I think he kind of did a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> and we're just, we're just not going to mention that. <laughs> like, Wouldn't it have been easier to hit? Cause he's behind the guy. While Superman is t- distracting him, wouldn't it have been easier to knock him out with the batarang, hit him in the head with the batarang, as opposed to going after the detonator? Like that, that would have made more sense to me. I think so. Maybe like the pounds per scrunch of throw that Batman has can can knock a guy out, but Robin, he's he's got those you know little fourteen year old boy arms and. It's... <laughs> I, the the thing that I the, I mean I bought this comic off the stands. I used to buy World's Finest. I used mm. to like this comic, but and the thing I I mean first of all you got a lot of heroes, which I always thought was good. Um, but the thing that I liked so much about this, and I didn't I'm sorry I didn't mean to interrupt you when you were talking about it. But the thing that the thing I liked the most about this is that World's Finest stories tended to be Superman stories with Batman. Hmm. Because obviously, if you're coming up with a threat that can right, hit Superman right. or Batman, or for you're, it's, it has to be a world-shaking threat, or you know, it's Martians or it's aliens or the the weird Super Sons, R.I.P. Or you know, like the composite Superman, it has to be like this massive thing. And this flips the script. This is Conway make. This is a Batman story with Superman in it. Incidentally, I mean, you really yeah. could write this story. You could have written this in Detective Comics or Batman without Superman. You could have just had. This nobody accidentally buries Batman alive, and the rest of his friends have to find him. Yeah, that, this that's could have been Robin taking the lead, trying to find out where he is, or right. something like that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'm sorry, I, but I didn't mean to interrupt you. What else did you think about this story? No, I just I love the reveal at the end, and I love how like frantic Superman is when he goes there, and Batman's just like, "Hey, what's going on?" Yeah. Just like <laughs> waiting for him. He's like, "Yeah, I escaped hours ago. I've been sitting here waiting for the kidnapper to come back." Batman has a sense of humor. He's got a <laughs> flair for the dramatic. I like that. Yeah, um, no, I, I love it. I yeah, love- I, I, I started I started collecting these world's finest just a couple of years ago um, to get the Black Canary stories when I was doing the Black ah, Canary right, box, um, and then. As I was kind of reading them more, I was like, "Oh, you know what? I I would I would like to collect like the Hawkman stories in here too, and and the Shazam stories by you know like um, Don Newton, like oh, yeah. yeah." And of course, you you really have to twist my arm to get me to read a Superman and Batman book. Um, <laughs> and, and if you know me, you know I love Red Tornado. Uh, <laughs> who doesn't? Everybody loves Red Tornado. Actually, I wrote an article about him. I I, I actually like Red Tornado, but that's that's a podcast for another day. Uh, no, I mean it's drawn by Rick, Rich Butler, the late Rich. <laughs> Buckler, who was great. Frank McLaughlin, one of the great anchors. One of the things I loved about Rich Buckler is that when he drew pissed off Superman, it was a really pissed off Superman. He was one <laughs> of the best people. The, the the scene in the hospital where Superman turns to Morgan Edge and he's like, as for you, and he's pointing at him, and then he just turns around and he goes, keep away from me. And you see Morgan Edge is dabbing his face from sweat. Because yeah. it's like, yeah. yeah, I'd be afraid Superman's going to microwave my insides. You know? <laughs> like, my God, this is terrifying. But yeah. the, the, I love the fact that it, it is a schmo villain that does mm-hmm. this. It's not the Joker. It's not Two-Face. It's not Penguin. It's just some random dude who got lucky. But my favorite element and the part that sticks with me, and as you say, like the, the buried alive thing has always scared me. That to me is very, very terrifying. But the the idea that a, that Batman is so sure he's going to get out of it. I love that. I just like that he's confident. He's actually cracking jokes. He's like, <laughs> he, has, he has a line about it. He's like, I told Robin I want to get away from it all, but I didn't mean this. Like, he's like, oh, my God. This is like power records Batman here. 
<laughs> but I, the final page where we literally see Batman explain how he got out and how he uses these advanced yoga techniques. And mm-hmm. it says it took me almost two hours and used almost yoga, every yoga technique I ever studied. I just love that idea. I love that he uses his brains and his skill to get him out of this jam as opposed to, oh, I have a thing in my belt that could blow up the thing. You know what I mean? Right. Like it's, it's all of his training that gets him out. I just – I, I and, love every bit of it. And and most of all, and the thing that I, I could never possibly survive a situation like this is the utter patience he must yes. have. Like to spend two hours turning your body around in this confined space. I mean, I guess what's the alternative? But to do that, I would just be like, no, I would freak out. I would lose my mind and like oh, snap yeah. my neck trying to like, <laughs> like Oh, yeah. I would have panicked and died. I would have used up all yeah. the air after 15 minutes and that would have been it. Yeah. There's no doubt yeah. about it. Yeah. I, and the, the final page and said it's all those scenes of Batman and it's it's all done in shades of blue. Cause of course, mm-hmm. and, and that's the other thing, too, is like being trapped in total darkness. That mm-hmm. would be absolutely terrifying to me. But this is Batman. I mean, he's, you right. know, it takes more to get him upset. But I just – I love that whole sequence. I just think it's Jerry Conway – taking a, a part of Batman that is, I think at this point, kind of very underutilized uh, and just making him this smart guy. He's really trained for every scenario and he's going to get himself out of this. And so I just love it. And I do. And I, I miss Superman and Batman being friends. I love the way Buckler draws Robin. I love Robin's entrance when he flies into the open window. Like, <laughs> yeah. He looks really cool on his rope and stuff. I lo- I also love in the hospital bed that Dick- Robin has his mask on. I think <laughs> yeah. he has his domino mask on. I think that's fantastic. Um, oh, I love on page eight the bottom panel where the explosion that uh, that knocks out Robin and really like, they describe later like the doctor said the concussion co- collapsed his lungs. Uh, and that's why he's going to surgery. But like, I love like the the inking and like the coloring on that explosion panel where it's knocking him out. And seeing him, his cape and gloves kind of like shred. Like you'll never see Robin in that kind of situation again. Yeah, he really takes it. He really <laughs> he really gets hit with that. I love that. And it's the other scene again when Superman catches Robin, and mm-hmm. he says, uh, "Call Metropolis General. I'm telling them on my way with an injured boy." And the mm-hmm. cop is like, "But Superman, should we?" And Superman's like, "Don't argue. Do it." And then I love that the cop says. Dispatch, connect with Metro General. Don't argue, do it. I love that he just mimics what Superman just told him to do. I, for a story that's only like 14 pages, uh, Conway gets it. I mean, no surprise, this is a great story because it's Jerry Conway. I mean, this guy right. could do this. I don't want to say he could do this stuff in his sleep because that makes it sound like he didn't put effort into it, and I'm sure he did. But this just feels like just an effortless little story. And this would, you know, it, I don't know. Like, this would be great. You can never do it as a movie, obviously, because it's a short story. But, like, this is one of those things where I'm like, I wish they would have, like, a DC anthology series where you could just do this mm-hmm. on television and do this little story of just this regular guy who gets lucky by blowing up the Batmobile. And, he, of course, you know, he's he's an idiot because he thinks he's going to get a ransom out of <laughs> the, the Gotham City Police Department and Superman, for Pete's sakes. But, I mean, it's just – and I also um, – I love Superman just smashing his way into the ground, just give, like a missile that's heading – you know, straight right into the ground. And then, you know, and then all the sound effects are the scrunch and all this stuff. Except it's just, I don't know. I, I, this was one of those stories when I read it as a kid, I loved it. I never forgot it. And it's never mentioned in like the great Batman stories. You know, I mean, it's never been reprint. As far as I know, it's never been even been reprinted anywhere. Maybe in the Jerry Conway collection, but I just feel like it's, it's not a story. A lot of Batman fans know, uh, and so that's why I wanted to highlight it for Find Your Joy because every so often I dig it out and reread it, and I'm like, God, I just, I just love this thing to death. Yeah, it's a very, it's a simple situation, but it's one that is extremely tense, 
and it puts a lot of strains. And and again, like when people talk about you know how hard it is to write Superman and how hard it is to come up with a convincing thread for him, you're right. Like when you say that this is a Batman story and you could have taken Superman out of it, but by putting Superman in a like in the story, you've created a situation where he feels helpless, mm-hmm. and it's not because there's green kryptonite around or there's giant aliens coming down from space like taking over the city. It's because he's at a situation where his best friend is missing. And all of his superpowers aren't helping him find it. And that's a crisis for a guy like Superman. And that's really compelling. And it didn't involve anything science fiction-y, like any, any, anything super. It was so grounded in street level. And that's the brilliance of it. Like if you can do that with Superman, if you can take him out of the knees emotionally and just make him scared for something, then, you've, then you can tell any kind of Superman story. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it said Buckler really manages to convey the the gamut of emotions that Conway gives Superman in the story. Because yeah, he is. He's genuinely scared for his friend. I love all that. I it, I grew up on that stuff. And I just love that they were like best friends. And and I just I don't know. I just think it's a it's a really terrific story. It's 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 elegant in its simplicity of mm-hmm. just burying Batman alive, and you got to find him before he. Before he dies, and then of course you know he digs out, he digs himself out. I have always loved Batman as the escape artist. I'm okay with Mr. Miracle being the DC's number one escape artist because that's his thing. But Batman is like the number two. You know, Batman is just under Mr. Miracle in terms of how good he is at that. And I just, I don't know, I just love it. I mean, I've done yoga in my life. I could never do what Batman did, obviously, because again, <laughs> I would have panicked and died. But I mean, I just, I have this stupid grin on my face every time I read this story because I just think it's sort of from the cover by Dick Jared by. Buckler and Giordana, which has all the heroes, you know, getting all worried about, oh, my God, what happened to Batman? And then they said, this story just delivers so beautifully, right down to the little bat-shaped end mark at the end of the story. It just feels like the TV show almost in a good way. Like, you know, da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. No, it's great, and and yeah, so I yeah I, I we I co-signed like finding this book, and this was this was a great era for the the dollar era for World's Finals. It's great because you know I I could pick any random issue from this run and and pick out a story, whether it was the Superman Batman one or one of the backups. Like this one in particular, I just remembered and I flipped through it. Like the Hawkman backup in this one is actually like a Hawk Girl story, and she kicks all kinds of ass in this story. Oh, it's a great um, book. Like, the whole comic is just yeah, terrific. Yeah, like, I, yeah. But like I mean, like you could get this. One just for the Hawk Girl story, um, so yeah, it's yeah. If you can find this one of the back issues, like definitely pick this one up. Yeah, it's really really good. If again, if I had more free time and I do not, I would totally do a dollar comic podcast. <laughs> we just talk about the dollar comics. It was such a fun format. So yeah, I think that's going to do it for this episode of uh, FW Presents Find Your Joy, Ryan. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, I was happy to have half of. Uh, Nightcast, whether it's the better half, that's up to listeners to decide. Uh, but uh, when when is Nightcast coming back, sir? We, Chris and I, have recorded several episodes at, yes. up to this point, and we're we're working on we're going to try and get a few more in. Um, of course, you're going to start monopolizing all of his time with Superman <laughs> two movie <laughs> night. Um, but yeah, the, the Nightcast will be back in 2019. Um, our our plan is to start recording some episodes. All it, like it together, and then releasing them in bulk, so that we're we're not going long stretches. But we'll we'll kind of more have like seasons where we'll have like six we six weeks of Batman Nightcast episodes, and then take some time off, and then come back with another six or something like that. I think if we can work out some sort of thirty three, thirty three, thirty three with Cindy, I think that's <laughs> really fair. 
Uh, yeah, I, I can't imagine why she would object to that. Yeah, I mean, come <laughs> on, you know, geez, we don't even hit him or anything. So, uh, well, anyway, that's very exciting. I love Nightcast. Everybody loves Nightcast. I'm very excited that it's it's coming back. I, I don't know any. Hey, everybody listening to this, I don't have any inside information or uh, or dirt as it is. I'm looking at the page of Batman <laughs> moving the dirt. I don't have any inside dirt about the shows. I just I'm a big fan, like everybody else, waiting for them to drop. So that's that's super 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 exciting. So uh, again, everybody, thanks for listening check out the other find your joy episodes ryan just did one uh on the flash comic with dr Ange. that was fantastic i look as i i never read that comic but that was a really fun episode i enjoyed mm-hmm. listening to it i mean as i said in the comments like just doing any show with Ange is like finding your joy basically so that was a good idea having him on um so check out the other find your joy episodes on the fw presents feed uh leave comments on the website fire and water podcast.com and talk to us over on Twitter, which is at FW podcast. So we don't have a sign off for find your joy. I think we have to find one. We have to, somebody has to come up with one. We have to have like some sort of like official sign off for, for find your joy, but thanks everybody for listening. Ryan, thank you again for joining me. I always enjoy talking to you and uh, we will see everybody later. Bye. Bye everybody. Where's the Joker? Who knows? Making ha ha with Harley Quinn. Oh. I don't know. Honest. I never went back after he muscled in. I don't want nothing to do with that clown. That's enough. I think you've got your answer. I heard you were crazy. I didn't think you were stupid. Bruce Wayne, you peaked.